The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then get on TikTok during the quarantine because that's the best way to do it. I'm so oh, telling you, we're my co-host. Little, host just a the little bit of hope. Yeah, that's the thing. Just yeah, I know. Little. We can't do any of like the normal Hollywood sucks, but hey, we love yeah, it anyway. Hollywood's not even here, which means, you know, know. nobody's getting sexually harassed, but no, nothing's getting done. So maybe it's actually, well, here's, here's the, here's the problem. Since we've been on quarantine, there have been uh, more domestic violence incidences and more child molestation incidences. Like mm. things have gotten worse in the home, but socially better and better for the environment. So I don't know. Yeah, um, I got to say, I was, we were talking. I was, I was driving around re- L.A. On, on Tuesday and there was traffic. Oh, so yeah. things are starting to starting to come out come out, and this is California. I, yeah, I know. What, I what are you supposed to stay I, in? Just I like, gotta uh, say, I'm really proud of how Australia handled it, yeah. and I'm not always. I, I love I love my country, much respect, but I'm not always proud of things they do because it usually starts with this guy was drinking a beer and there was a crocodile. I see. I see That's the same thing how everything all the time. So you know. I'm just saying, like every time I hear something about Australia, it's some guy was drunk and. So I'm really proud that Australia is like, we are leading the Western world, but we, we you, can be, you can love your country, but you love it like either you would love a child where you know you have to constantly pay attention to it and make sure it's doing the right things, or you love it like a child would love his mother where it's just doesn't do anything wrong. And I'm more of the uh, mother and the child thing. So I, I, I'm more of the, yeah, uh, I, I'm yeah. more of the opposite. Yeah, I love it, here. but it doesn't do, always do the right thing. So, you know. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I am. I got to say, though, but I love it like a parent would love their child if their child was Florida man. <laughs> um, because my country is the living embodiment of Florida man. We started as a bunch of criminals. We're best known for Steve Irwin. And I have people consistently ask me, do Tasmanian devils really talk like that? Does Bugs uh, Bunny? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I asked that to you one of the first times I met you. But, you know, because I, I, I've met Australians before, but no, nothing with any family ties to Tasmania. Well, that's it. And so I, I've had people ask that question, but I think the, the worst one I usually get is, are your family, were your family convicts? Am I Australian? Yes. There you go. Yes, but were <laughs> they? Am I Australian? Yes. But were they? I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. Yeah, but you could have immigrated like after Yeah, I know. Granted, it was a penal colony. I get it. The, yeah. the best the best way I ever heard it put, my brother was visiting England. And he went to um, uh, the Tower of London. And they're asking, is anyone here from America? Is anyone here from Switzerland? That's nice. That's nice. Is anyone here from Australia? Landon put up his hand. They looked at him, looked around the prison and said, welcome back. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's a joke I'd throw out there. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put that one in the quiver, so to speak. All right, but that's that's very much the attitude you have to understand. Like we're not ashamed that we came from convicts. Um, no, we're not. We're not what, ashamed. 
It's just what uh, happened. It wasn't you. Well, hang on. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to go through. My, my family, like I have family that is like single-handedly, you know, responsible for slaughters, slaughters of entire Scottish villages. But um, it, it really comes down week. to. That was, no. that, was, that was a few generations ago. But right? trust me, people can hold grudges, especially um, because Australians wiped out the Aborigines and took yeah. the queen of the Aborigines' head and put it in a museum in England. So uh, Australians, uh, uh, then we killed the Tasmanian tiger. But Australians uh, are very... Just as colonialist as we were. So Oh, much worse. Paul, <laughs> much worse for much longer. Um, mm. At least you guys revolted. We were just like, you know what? This colonial thing's great. Let's go take the island next door. I tell you, so, some Americans will say that, you haven't, that we haven't stopped. So... Well, comparatively, y'all have. Um, But yeah, so when Australia's actually leading them anymore, just not helping. Pretty much. Mm. Um, When Australia's leading on something, like we're leading with uh, fixing COVID, I'm like, yes, we did something good. And and, and it was like our idea because we have national medical, but we stole that from England. Like most of our good ideas, we watch someone else do and we're like, yeah, we'll do that too. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of the first one where I'm like, see, we can think. We're not just drunks. And then I had someone point out to me, my friend Kitty, um, that the Australian accent actually came to be as a bastardization on the English accent because Australians were literally drunk. So that kind of destroyed my argument and took the wind out of my sails. Then I remembered she was from Ripley, Mississippi, so I told her to shut up. Hmm. Um, I mean, the Cockney is always was is like uh, the accent that's normally found in British prisons, from what I understand. Not quite. Cockney hence, is hence very Cockney ri- head and hence Cockney rhyming slang. So uh, Cockney is only from a small region in England. The problem with England and Australia, places like that, accents are very regional and they're very associated to class. You will only find the Cockney accent within a 20 square mile area in England. That's it. That's where it's bred. When you, This all came from a time where people didn't go... Um, from county to county you were born and died in the county you were born in period so all accents became regional my family is from east of lee so we're from a very different area we have a very different accent my accent is even different than other australians accents because depending on your class which is a terrible thing to say but depending on your class and what you were raised and how you were raised is what happens to your accent and here, um, you guys have the same thing with the regional accents. Your Creole accent, which I think is the sexiest accent in the world, don't judge me. Um, it's okay, you know, it's, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's French, it's Southern, it's, you know, there's a I'm lot of sexy. <laughs> I like a Creole accent. Anyway, mm. the point is, I think the Creole accent is sexy. I love the Southern accent, and then I like the Californian accent. So I kind of have a thing for American accents. Hate the New York accent. Figure that one, but. Everyone has a different view of the accents, and it really does come, you guys, too, from England and from the influences. So, like, the Creole accent ended up with French. In certain areas, the closer you were to the palace and parliament, the more posh your accent was going to be. That makes sense. so that carried on. I do know that cockney rhyming slang, which I can somewhat understand, uh, originated out of prisons. So yes. that the cops, so that the inmates could cock to a darts, and then those prisoners wound up in Australia. So, uh, yes and no. We didn't get, we actually, when they tried to colonize Australia, we didn't get a lot of people from London. 
um, because the people from London were repeat offenders. We got a lot of tradesmen because they wanted to colonize. So we didn't get um, very many murderers or very many people like that. We got prostitutes. We got um, uh, stonemasons that swindled their clients. We got woodworkers. Prostitutes. I just don't get that. Uh, because they wanted to colonize, you need people that are going to breed. It, it sounds terrible, but look at it like a breeding <laughs> farm. I'm like, I'm like insulting my own country here, but I'm like, I really do know the history of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I had, I like the guy online. He's like, how do you know all of this? Because I'm taught this in school, man. I'm like, how do you guys know about your revolution? You taught it. So essentially, um, we didn't get the, the murderers. We didn't get those people as much. We got a few, but the Cockney, the reason the Cockney influence didn't influence us as much is we were mostly getting blue collar workers that got arrested versus no talent criminals. So it's, it's a little different. We've got a lot of white collar criminals too. And the reason those people were chosen and shipped off is because they were looking for, um, to colonize. And we had people, including orphaned children being shipped off to Australia as late as the 1960s, which was a nightmare and a horror house of abuse for these kids, wow, by the that, way. That, all right. Um, because Australia back, is a massive country. Not everyone yeah. was having children. We had room and we had farms. And that's how these children that got shipped over from England got taken advantage of. They got molested. They got abused. They got put to slave labor. So we'd take the children out of the orphanages. It was, it was horrific, genuinely horrific. What happened? But um, most but they played the kind of but they played the kind of virus right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I was like, but we played. I'm like, I'm like going. I know it's terrible. I'm really sorry, and I'm sorry about the whole destroying the Aboriginal thing, Aboriginal thing. But we got coronavirus right. So high five, Australia. We got one. Um, if we could stay on this trajectory now that we have one point in our favor, we can maybe uh, start to to catch up with the seven thousand. We don't. But we can get there. So go, Australia, go. That was the cheerleader in me, sorry. Yeah, but that's like, yeah, oh, Our government is too divided right now for us to get on any sort of page whatsoever. So. And that's the problem. I think what scares me for America is long-term health care for people that recover, the people mm. that are going to die, the people that are going to get sick, Care-care and having to consistently put in these bailouts. Yeah. yeah. And, and for having to put these people in for these bailouts, is long-term going to cost more money than it would have just done? Because Australia waited out. It was huge to say, we're stopping everything, we are paying you, and everything stops. It was huge. But it's know, over it's now. Small, I don't know how many small businesses went, went uh, tits up over this thing. And I know that like the first big big chain, soup plantation went down. They filed well, for yeah. bankruptcy. And, so, and, that's, I, and it sucks. But I would have liked to have seen the American government do it. Because what you guys have spent already, not including uh-huh. the next 600 that's coming, could have done that. And that was really yeah. weird when I looked at the math. If you guys would have not done these, ba- like not done it the way you've done, just done it the way Australia did. Everyone's getting paid what they get paid. Mm-hmm. Stop everything. Rent yeah, aren't being collected. Everything a, freezes. $1,200 was a decent idea. I just I disagree with the Trump administration putting requirements on it. Therefore, it yeah. took longer for it to get out. It, it was. No, no. If you're an American citizen, if you're over the age of 18, you get one. Boom. I agree. Yeah. And, and that's and that's kind of how Australia did it. Is we're going to factor in what you make, and we're going to pay everyone out of unemployment. And that's kind of how uh-huh. we did it. And anyone that yeah. continued working, like uh, grocery store workers, 
um, had they had health monitors. They had like Australia just went like balls to the wall and went, we're doing this and it's costing us less now because for us, it's pretty much over. And America has spent right. more Hopefully now. Hopefully there won't be a second bloom. Hope, hope. Well, even uh, if there is, we are now financially ahead. It sounds terrible to put it that way, but for countries that are on national medical, it is still smarter yeah. to kind of... The government's the in the rears, but the economy is still surviving and the people aren't getting kicked out of their homes and businesses aren't blowing up. Pretty much, right? yeah. We, you know, we, yeah. We've averted, um, Australia essentially averted the depression that looks like it's coming. So I found that really weird. Um, Australians don't feel that way. They're angry going, we think the government should do more, which is very, very typically Australian, very typically French, very typically European. Like, whatever you uh, yeah. do is not enough. Americans, you guys are kind of like, we got 1200 bucks. yes. Australians are like, we may have wiped out the virus. We may be doing better. This may almost be gone here. Compared, we still have it, but compared to other countries, we may be 100% better than everyone else, but it's still not good enough. And I love that about Australia. We have to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be chatting a little bit more. We're going to answer some of your questions. We have uh, MMA fighter Jared Fiorda on today. We were going to have... Um, Chris Spellman from Comic Con, but he ended up having a scheduling uh, conflict. Yeah, Paul Spring Comic Con. So yeah, right? okay. yeah, uh, he ended up having a scheduling conflict, and uh, that's just a nice way of saying Alexis totally screwed it up. So um, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. She got Jared on again, yep. and we're going to talk to him. Uh, we've got some people that want to be an MMA fighter, but one thing I want to focus on is Jared just had a video trend. We're going to talk about how to get your video to trend. Um, I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland, and we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm 
Summer Helene, and my co-host, host Militant Mother, Paul Michael Bolin, and we are going to talk um, well, first we're going to talk about some questions we got asked on Twitter, which is always fun. Oh, shit. Uh, I'd like to remind everyone, every time what? we use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. Remember, we swear because we care. All it's Sean is an amazing actor. Fuck, 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 fuck. Let's have to count, though. She's going to murder you, Paul. Um... So something oh, to the guy on Twitter, uh, he's watching our live stream and was asking what my end of the conversation was with Paul. Um, we were literally just talking about because everything can be seen in media, you have to be straightforward about everything. Good or bad. Uh, so, because remember, I'm on live stream. So he's oh, asking as, about this. Okay, so we're uh, going out in two different directions today, huh? Yeah. Uh, every well, day. The Voice America um, and then, oh, okay, fair enough. And we're on behind the scenes live stream. So to the guy who's asking about that, that's what Paul and I are talking about. Um, one of the most important things, and it's something I get asked on Twitter a lot, what do I think the most important thing is? Do what you say, say what you mean. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Making a movie, doing a show, doing anything is like flying a plane that's missing a wing and already on fire. Until you've done it, you have no idea how horrible and disastrous even the biggest, most mainstream films can be. So you've got to work with integrity and you've got to work quickly and you just, you've got to get your shit done. Yeah, and it's, after it's a while, the, you start. Yeah, you start to get the idea that it's like, oh, somehow they got that done. Yep. Because there's that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It, whether it sucks or not, or it's, whether it's you know a complete Rotten Tomatoes negative score, or it's an Academy Award winner, winner, and sometimes those two do coincide. But uh, <laughs> you know, whether what? yeah, because again, it's still art, regardless of what it is. It may or may not be good, but at least they got it done. That's it. And you guys out there who have come to me with independent films and the things you've done, my hat's off to you. I know how hard it is. Paul knows how hard it is. Mm. It is hard. Um, it, and for the people that asked advice on how to get films done, it really does go to that. Do what you say and say what you mean. And if you promise something from product, something to a partner for product placement, always over-deliver. Um, yeah. When I take money for product placement, I always over-deliver. If I promise them a five-second spot that's going to be focused, I'll give them that, plus I'll give them the credits, plus I'll give them some social media. I always throw in extra, and that creates repeat customers is the best way to put it. I always have people do give me a place of money again and again and again and again because I over-deliver, and you should over-deliver mm -hmm. on everything. Um, All right, but we're time, not going to put the new Ford Focus into a film set around the Revolutionary War. But, I you can know, do it. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I could Some do it. Reason. That doesn't surprise me. Wow, gauntlet thing. thrown I down. Okay, I'm Hang on, I, but I will say this. I am smart enough to hire directors that won't let me. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm smart yeah, enough yeah. to hire a director that would not mm. let me do it. You, that you I'm turning into like a Monster Python thing. You character into Ford Focus or Ford Focus or something Pretty like much. that. I, Sergeant I, Ford Fuck is reporting for goodies, sir. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay, fair enough. Oh, no, I'm turning it into it. a Mon Monty Python thing. Everyone's charging, and then there's a one guy driving a Ford Focus or a Mustang. <laughs> All right. Like, I, I'm going, yeah. I'm going, if I'm doing it, I'm going absurd. Right, fair enough. <laughs> you know, hopefully, the, the, hopefully the, you know, the, the, the movie may not be like a, the next Daniel Day-Lewis costume <laughs> drama. <laughs> if I mean, if that, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it, you're not going to get Ford Focus in, and at least hire a director that's smart enough to say, Summer... What the hell? How could you promise this? I fucking hate you. That's right. a direct quote, by the way, for those who didn't know. <laughs> I've heard it at my level, too. So, you know, it's, uh, okay. 
You know, I've heard it. I'm below the line, and I hear it all the time. Heard it all the time mm -hmm. when I'm working. You but, promise uh, what? <laughs> yeah, especially when I was ADing. You know, you promise what? I'm like, yeah. I just like I just didn't think that everybody was gonna run like in 17 different directions the second. <laughs> the second. No, it's, it's like, you know, it's like herding kittens. I it's, think my. It, <laughs> I agree. I call my, myself my old, a recovering AD, you know. Recovering AD. I think my old boss, uh, not you, Paul, but my old boss, Paul, put it the best way. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you know, every time I do something like that, he and I'd, he'd be like, you did what? And I'm like, I did this. And he's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And, he, and he'd always stop me and go, no, no, I've got the answer. You won't. Mm. So I was like, <laughs> yes. I acted because I'm trying to take care of this situation without putting any forethought into what's going to happen. Yeah. There and was a got bit of me fired. I dropped one of the first red cams into a tank of water over at Paramount. Was a, yeah, I was on another. I remember I was arguing. Uh, well, somebody put up a post, and it's this is a little SJW uh, on one of the uh, the movie set uh, sites sites on Facebook, one of the Facebook groups, mm -hmm. and it was like uh, somebody talked about a sound man. It's like we shouldn't they shouldn't be called sound persons at this point. And I think my response was, it's like, yes, women have the absolute right to be just as much of a fucking pain in the ass as their male counterparts. Thank you. Recovering, well, recovering AD. So, and there's, you know, I got I, a bunch of shit. But then when I said recovering AD, it's like, oh yeah, I get it, dude. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, I soul come back yet? Not really. Not, not most. It'll take it right out of you. I'm actually opposed to calling anything a sound person. Our jobs and our job titles. I'm a producer. Everyone assumes I'm a man before they talk to me, just because that's just call them sound. Because a, I don't want to yeah. spend the time saying the next word, and I don't want to have an that's argument true. about it. But we ah! still call it a martini shot. The last shot of the day is still a martini shot, and we're not allowed to drink on. I mean, we do drink, but we're not supposed to. And it was called a martini shot because at the end of the day, you'd have martini afterwards. So yeah. we still call it that, just you know because what? it's it part of the vernacular. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, and I don't think maybe uh, I think that might be something that should come back. Just one. The martini shot. Just the martini. Just one. Just oh, one. I, to, I hate martinis, day, but just something. I, yeah. On the very last day, I always brought booze in for the crew. Like, and I get in trouble all the time for it. If you guys and really want to know something. loved you for it. Oh, God, they did. loved you for it. When I was working, <laughs> I was drinking. I, that didn't necessarily coincide with one another. And I stopped drinking because of my medication. <laughs> not that I, like, you know, had a problem. Yeah. Or, you know, woke up one too many times wearing somebody else's underwear. <laughs> but, you know. Again, it only happened, like, five, six 15 times tops. So, yeah, you know, that, just, just yeah. a dozen or two. That's a weird, guys. That's a weird. Um, one of the things I say is, you know, I, I have had people ask, and I had a guy ding me a bit ago when we were talking about it, and say, well, aren't I worried about them drinking? Aren't I worried about this? I, I've worked as a PA man. I had that producer that was like, we're at the end, grab a drink, take a beat, yeah. chill. Like, I, I don't think anyone should be allowed to produce or work in the upper end if they have never, ever, ever, ever climbed. I don't think you should have an AD that hasn't been a PA. Agreed. I don't think you should have an actor that hasn't been an extra. Uh, I completely agree. You know, and that's and I would say it's very important on the first and the last day. I agree. The first, the first day, everybody's, you know, at the end of it, yeah, we got something done, you know, and it, it kind of bonds one another, another to just having a drink with them. Even if you can't stand them or their department, uh, you know, because the grips are always pissed at camera, and camera's always pissed at art department. It's, I, just, I'm always yeah. pissed at. Transpose, AD is so pissed at everybody. So <laughs> yeah. 
But no, it, it, it's important. I never thought of it on the first day. That's a really good idea. I always just did it at the end. And the, the reality is, like, I... So you walk away nice, you know? Yeah. Well, you're yeah. going to have to work with those people again. Hollywood is really small, guys. I tell yeah. you this all the time. Two things you never do. Don't burn your bridges if you can help it. And mm-hmm. don't lie about who you've worked with. Because I may not know that person, but I know someone that does. And, yeah. and that uh, happens all the time. One of the benefits of social media, that's the benefit, one of the benefits of social media is it's harder to bullshit people about your past at this point. Yes and no. If you're good at social media, you could make it up. And But the problem is most people in Where's entertainment, that? especially at the upper levels, uh-huh. don't use social media. So it's still a phone call. There's no faking an account and pretending to be them. Like you can't call the old boys over at Fox and be like, uh, hey, I hit you on Twitter. No you still got to call them. And I've had people who are like, hey, hire me for this or let me do this. I'm like, well, where have you worked? I've worked at Paramount. Who did you work with? Bob. Which Bob? Well, there are 72 what? of them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which Bob? <laughs> well, I worked and it's the difference. I can also tell because people don't give you a name. Where did you yeah. work? Paramount. Bob, Bobby, Robert, Fat Bob, Skinny yeah. Bob, uh, Dumb Bob, uh, you know, uh, Snotty Bob. Which Bob? Yeah. So. But I have people that if, if someone turns around to me and they're like, I worked over at Paramount, uh, who'd you work with? Uh, I did law with blah. So I know what you did, where you did, and who you did it with. I right. believe you. But well, it's I've the people, people that are like, I've I, had resumes going, you know, and with credits of movies that I worked on. It's like, okay, if you worked on this, you and I would have been yelling at one another at some point. So yeah. you would stand <laughs> You know? I've, I've, I've had people try and use you where they're like, uh, Oh, no, I know Paul. I'm like, cool, I'll call Paul. Yeah. Oh, you guys actually know each other? We're on the show together. Of course we know each other. Well, I mean, like, you don't need to call him. Yes, I do. If you want me to read your script and you're saying that I'm doing it because you know him, I'm going to call Paul. Right. Don't call Paul. (laughs) Then then stop what you're doing. Um, Yeah. That's going to sound so odd because everyone assumes Hollywood's full of, like, psycho liars. It's actually never lie in Hollywood. (laughs) Never lie in Hollywood. Because it's really starting to come back and bite y'all in the ass. You know, the IMDb is actually pretty good these days, even though, I mean, it's still. uh, I don't know. My IMDb. Still fan edited, I think it is. No, IMDb. IMDb, I'm going to say this. IMDb is not what I work off of. Because I am the reason there is a warning on IMDb and I still have like 30 pages because I can't put mine back together. Yeah, you you, (laughs) on your your side of the line, above the line, you have other resources that you can go to. But for actors... Even a quick cursory glance over an IMDb page can sniff somebody out. It's true. He's he's completely correct. Plus, I can find find references. If if this person worked with somebody that I know, I can give him a call and says, hey, is this guy... uh, you know, is it was this guy good at his job, or is he can complete uh, lull who's got yeah. perversion for having sex with the tailpipes of grip trucks? <laughs> well, Wish I was it. kidding. <laughs> Wish I was kidding. I really would have got like to get a red flag on that one. Um, I and, uh, just don't know. He, he turned this, on the car for like three seconds just to get the things heated up. I just, I, what? I'm just saying, but I, yeah. Paul's right. Paul's right. There is nothing we can't find that out. That wasn't porn. That was not porn. Okay? <laughs> there is nothing we can't find out. And the more I do, the more I find out. If I know someone, they know Paul. Like, everyone I know has turned out to know Paul. The longer you've worked mm-hmm. in the industry, the more people that know you. 
It's that simple. You know, it's again, it's like six degrees of Paul sometimes, but you know, yep. there's they're there. We can find out, so don't bullshit mm-hmm. us, people. Look, it's, yeah, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Let me know initially, and then I won't expect you to do shit that you don't know. So actually, I just throw them in and say, "Do you want an intern? Do you want a PA? Do you want to work as an extra?" I'm not opposed to opening right, a door. But I'm a, I would be the guy who would take those people that you throw at. So I got to figure out how to use them. Yeah. Use them, which is which is easy. You know, look, if you're a, a complete nimrod, right? I might put you. Yeah, you get on. You you're on fire watch, and you're watching the parking lot. You need to be kept <laughs> away from people. That's fine. I could do that if you're really cute, but really dumb. You just kind of hang out around here, and whenever I need to tell the G and E department that we really need to do another four hours, I'm going to set the cute one over there to ask them. That's a good because point. they won't they won't kill her. They'll kill <laughs> me, they but won't they won't kill, kill her. her. Right. So, My thing is, when I get a cute one, I just take a top off. It brings up ratings. But yeah, no, that that's it. Yeah, There's always that's something. On the active <laughs> side, but you know, it's, that's that that when it, when a PA is walking around topless, yeah, I've had it. I know. So uh, have a, I, and I'm not going to say. Don't say it. Don't. Don't. Because yeah, legit not, union I'm trouble. Not, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just. What are you doing? It's like I, it's no stay out. They need to. No. No. It's Europeans. You know. It's just. Eh, it's a distraction. It's a distraction. I agree, and I have never, ever, ever encouraged anyone below the line to take their top off to entertain people. You're we are right. going to break. I am sure. so happy. Sure. We are on with my co-host, Post Malone tomorrow. Paul Michael Bolin. I am done incriminating myself for the day. When we get back, All we right. are going to be on with uh, MMA fighter uh, Jared Fiorda, who just had a video trend, and we are going to tell you how to make your videos and your content trend on Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. 
That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderator, Paul Michael Boland. And we have our very, very special guest, Jared Fjorda. We've had him on to talk to you about BDSM. We've had him on to talk to you about punching people in the face. Today, we're having him on to talk about trending. Jared, welcome to the show. And I'm, well, thank you very much to have, for having me. And I'm happy to talk about whatever you'd like that day. Um, but I will first, I'd like you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself. So my name is Jared Bear Fiorda. That is my name when I fight in the cage. I've been a martial artist for the last better part of the last 20 years. I've been in cage fighting. I've done Taekwondo. In fact, I'm a second-degree black belt there. And I own and run a nonprofit mixed martial arts gym where I teach everyone to defend themselves for absolutely no cost. That is free MMA. That's the gym we give money to every time we use bad language. So thank you to Sean ah. Patrick Flannerty. Yeah. Thank you to Sean Patrick Flannerty for that. Ah. So, Jared, first of all, what got you into cage fighting? So, when I was, uh, in order to tell, I got to go back really far. So, when I was really, really young, I, my dad passed away and I got very, very angry. I started to act out in school. I became very violent with the students. So, my mom decided that if that was going to happen, then I'll do it productively and threw me in a martial arts class. I loved it. I stuck with it. I got my black belt when I was 14 years old and from the age of Six until about 16, 17 years old, I was competing in Taekwondo tournaments. And right when I started learning kickboxing was about the time I decided I want to try something a little more extreme and got into my first cage match and fell in love with it since. So really just, I'm doing it because it's natural progression for me. I'm looking for the next most exciting thing. Is it hard to win or lose? Sorry, say it one more time, kind of hard to hear you. Do you find it harder to win or lose? That was a question we got last time you were on, and I didn't get to ask, and I thought it was a good one. I'm looking through Twitter. Um, do you find it harder to win or lose? Some people say it's harder to win because you have to be, you know, gracious and you just want to kind of jump up and down and scream. You know, I think when you win, you have a lot of energy because it may have even happened unexpectedly. So a lot of pent-up energy. You're excited. You just took the victory, so you're running around all over the place. I'd say it's harder to lose, much like in any sport, because you're faced with the reality of, hey, I didn't do good enough. Hey, I didn't train hard enough. Hey, that guy caught me because I made a really dumb mistake. Uh, and being able to then not just have those feelings, but then be very pleasant and kind and courteous because you're going to be interviewed. You're going to be in front of everybody still. You, don't, you can't just throw a tantrum in the middle of the cage because you lost. You have to stay professional. So I'd say losing, and at that losing gracefully, is probably the hardest part about the, being in a cage fight. Yeah, there's okay. a, uh, do you guys have the, there's a, uh, a mindset where you're not losing, you're learning. Does yeah. that apply? Yeah. Yes, a- absolutely. I think that's perfect. You didn't, I mean, you did, but you can also look yeah. at it as, hey, I may have lost this bout. Yeah, didn't get the I W. But some really great. Right. right. But I know yeah, this is, what I thought it was going to work, it ain't going to work. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting, I've been to a couple of Jared's fights is ones he's won, he's great with. The ones he's lost, he always asks the guy to come train with him afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense. Yeah, How the hell did you beat me? <laughs> right. And sometimes it's like, oh, I made a mistake, but this guy's still really good, so I definitely want to you know, have him come by anyways. 
And, uh, but sometimes they may have done something I didn't see or they had some kind of advantage I couldn't pick up on. And so it's really good to find out, hey, what are you doing? How can I improve? I like that. I now, mean, what is... going to tell you, that's another thing. But, you know, not everybody is. I mean, the odds of us fighting again are probably slim to none, so why not? Oh, fair enough. I didn't know, I didn't know how that worked. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's a very rare thing unless the promotion specifically like, oh, hey, you guys had a really good fight. We want to see a, a round two. Let's run it back. Or the rematch the fight might ended. happen at the higher levels, but they're like the championship levels. Don't those same two couple of guys fight some, each other for some, a while? Sometimes, but it's really not. Um, it's only done as a PR stunt, really. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will say now you had a video trend on TikTok. Yeah, it was uh, really exciting, actually. It's uh, currently at, I think it's 120,000. Don't, 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 don't give numbers. 000. And the reason I'm saying not to give numbers is sure. um, because the numbers today and the numbers tomorrow are going to be different. So the question yeah, you ask is, are you over... Hmm? If yeah, you get over 100... Sure. Yeah. If you get over 100,000, I'm going to give the parameters of what a trend is. If you get over 100,000 okay. in one day, if you get 10% of those people to like and then 10% of the likes to um, stay. So 10% become followers, 10% like, and then 100% are views. So it's, it's a really interesting system, but it's absolutely foolproof to what's going to make money. So now that you have stuff trending, you could actually charge people to put them on your TikTok. So I'm going to ask you, um, what did you do to get it to trend? Are you petting a kitten? Uh, so, what? Are you petting a kitten? That's the only thing I know that will get like good. <laughs> no, that'd be a really good idea, though. Uh, specifically, what I did is I posted a video that had uh, it, it was it had some trendy music too, which people off people often think is like the key on that site. But uh, I learned specifically three things that will really help something of yours trend, and that is you have to make it simple, something people can pick up on easy or something that they can do easy. Uh, after being simple, it has to be fun and entertaining, whether you're making them laugh, smile, or it's just something cool they're interested in seeing. Oh, my God. And there's one more, and I'm, I'm so sorry. Some of you have uh, talked to this one. I'm, I'm the one that you. gave him this formula, by the way. So I know where he got it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, And it has to be about them. The three things you want are fun, interest, something, you know, something fun and interesting, something popular, and it has to be about them. About them in what sense? The audience or the subject? The audience. It's the same as anything else. You're giving something to them. Yes. If you make a film, you're doing it for an audience. It's the same concept. It's why entertainers do so well on, you know, social media, because we're already in an industry that completely caters to an audience. So it's just applying principles from, you know, the film industry to to social media, which is now pretty much the film industry. Um, So, yes, that formula works very, very well. So you want to repeat that? Yeah, so it's fun, entertaining, easy. Just those three really simple things. And a little sex? Sex sells. Just a little bit. Yeah. No, just I a little bit. Time out. Did you write, um, don't 
go. You wrote. <laughs> you need to write these down. Okay. So Jared trended, and he's probably never going to trend again because he doesn't remember how he did it. Um. I did write it down, though. I remember that <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in my phone. Um. So, well, for people that are asking, what does it feel like to have something trend? You know, it's funny. I actually did a video about this. I did, I had a another video do you know moderately well in comparison, and I posted something uh, about that, and that was that it's so exciting, especially when you're not used to something blowing up, to have that amount of people check out your content, the amount of positive feedback. I mean, it really uh, takes you for a loop, and it's almost like a high. So you want to keep getting and getting because it makes you feel good. See, I, I think you want to keep getting and getting because it makes you money. But to most people, I guess it would make them feel good. Um, I did look at the video you have trending, and we're going to put up a link. It's on TikTok. And one of the most common comments is people talking about punching their grandmother. So that's a Yeah, thing. that was uh, interesting, to say the least. You know, did you get the people who are like, oh, 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 oh thank you for this. Please teach me. Uh, you do post great stuff, keep it up, you rock. And then you have the occasional guy, which when it gets, comes to my videos is not so occasional, who's like, those orphans are never going to see this coming. I, it actually, when I read the one, he's like, man, I, I tried it on my grandma. She stopped moving. Cause you, Jared was teaching people self-defense techniques and oh. things. Um, so one of the things I, I thought was great about it with this, I looked at, I looked at some of his comments and this guy was like, my grandma's never going to know what hit her. I laughed for like five minutes straight and realized I was now, a very bad person. Now, uh, help me out here. Uh, is TikTok, uh, is its comment section still like, say, the uh, Mad Max-inspired post-apocalyptic wasteland that uh, YouTube's comment section is? No. TikTok is Good. much more positive. So that's oh. also why I'm saying TikTok is a much better forum than like, you don't want to be on 4chan. Reddit can be a super right. nasty uh, YouTube has fallen in down a tube of like disgusting, revolting people. Yeah, for you'll like get occasionally. Like yeah, that, you'll right? you'll yeah. occasionally get like a dud comment, but people uh, on TikTok are shockingly supportive, and you'll find a lot of jokes. They may be I'm going to punch my grandma jokes, and I think those are funny. Oh yeah, but uh -huh. but you'll find that not actually, actually punching a grandma, but you know, yeah, like, truly punching them. But yeah, but this is the evolution of Vine. So it, it's just, it's the same kind of people that were into Vine, that were into that sort of thing. So it's a very different crowd from the YouTube crowd. There isn't the vitriol. And there are a lot more Gen Zers who are a lot more positive than the, the uh, millennials and Gen Xs. Most of your internet trolls are actually Gen Xs. So shame on you, Gen X. Um, and shame on the millennials for not giving a shit. <laughs> like the yeah, millennial won't comment. The Gen Xer will be like, I hope your mother dies. The Gen Xer doesn't know how to a little bit. use it. <laughs> Actually, the boomers, the boomers don't. Gen X has invented it. So. I'm Gen X. I'm, yeah, doesn't mean that we don't know how to, still don't know how to freaking use it. But yeah, I, I, mm. I know, but it's the Gen X. Maybe the younger so. ones of my generation, but yeah, I'm like at the, I was like the, I think 19, yeah, I'm like the first Gen Xer. Okay, or the, yeah. year, the, first, the first year the Gen Xers were labeled. Think like think. 1980 Gen Xs. Okay, yeah, I'm like the 1970 Gen Xer. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little different. It's like 79, 80, 81, that, like that, that group. Mm -hmm. um, that, those are your internet trolls. They're the ones spilling vitriol. Yeah, that's good. I could see that. In their 20s, they had, inter they had fast internet. Pretty much, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't have to hear the... Yeah, yeah, I didn't get that to my 30s. So. And that's it. So yeah. they got it 
they got and that's and they kind of became the trolls um millennials are kind of the ones complaining that you know don't wear a kimono i'm really disappointed in you my generation um and the gen zers who are the predominant group on tiktok are the most freaking awesomely positive people like good job gen x y'all bred the the gen zers well, like, these people are your tend kids. to rebel against people tend to rebel against their parents. So yeah, like the the Gen X's are the trolls, out. and the Gen Zers are like, "Hey, it's yeah. cool, you got this. Like, let's do great." I don't know what the hell happened. I um, and I think maybe the next generation is going to be a bunch of flaming assholes. But you know, that's a whole uh, other thing. Yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be the millennials. This trend continues. We're kind of apathetic. Dip in peaks and valley thing keeps going. Well, that's my generation. That's Jared's generation. Jared, do you think your kids are going to be assholes? <laughs> um, Better <no>. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know how to say that. To, you know, pleasantly on the don't, on the interwebs here. Happen. See, the the, the last say, generation was trying to be pleasant. And this is what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to be very, very pleasant, helpful children. They will seek out old women in the streets to help cross roads. But, well, that's the Gen Zers right now, and hats off to them. Like, I, I, the Gen Zers are more politically motivated and better than any generation, I think, since... Now, I'm going to say the boomers were fantastic in their day. Gen Xers had to put up with a whole bunch of drama. Millennials couldn't afford the... Yeah, we really house. got... With the Reagan, if you grew up during the Reagan era, you just didn't... You just stopped giving a crap. For a while, so it took me a while to get back, <laughs> and and that's it. So like, it's, it's a very you. You know, that's just it's AIDS. And there's the AIDS and bananas. You know, it's there. It's fine. It's waiting for you. There and you I think the best thing I saw about millennials was this uh, boomer posted. And I'm not using boomer derogatory, but you guys know what boomer means. Like a boomer ended up posting um, this thing that said uh, millennials are so clueless that they are taking sewing classes to learn adulting skills. And then a, a millennial responded, let me correct this for you. Millennials are so motivated that they are taking classes to learn what their parents refuse to teach them. So I think it's really interesting. It's, it's all perspective. And the millennial, for those that were asking, like you the, saying you don't understand, I'm looking at Twitter, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, you don't understand that burn. So, social media. Um, the millennials, the go-between generation, we can function without net, unlike Gen Z. We just don't want to. But we function better and are more integrated yeah. into the net than like Gen X and the boomers. So we're kind of like the, the link generation. Um, and that makes a difference. But it also means if you want to get famous on the internet, this is like a long go around. And you want something to trend, target it towards Gen Z. That's who you want to target it towards. Even the Gen Xs trend when they target towards Gen Z. Huh. See, the millennials are the hackers and the coders, but Gen yeah, Z... Yeah, maybe we'd, maybe every generation just like to see the older generation being stupid. Yes and no. I've, I've got to hmm. say the Gen Z like did eat Tide Pods. But... <laughs> Um, I think there was only a couple of people, but still, it was. That, that, it was, that, and it trended. One is too many, you know. It trended. Um, now, Jared, you work with a lot of Gen Zers. These kids that are like in, in, involved in the internet, you train them. You train them for free, in fact. Um, what do yeah. you see with with the Gen Zers that's different? 
because I mean they rule the internet. And when you're trending, you're trending to that. 1990 on. So these are no, 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 no. Gen Z uh, uh-huh. is it is um uh, is bu- 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 Let me pull it up. I believe it is 1998 on. Okay. No, no, no I can buy that. That sounds. So, I those yeah, I'm like sorry, your question is: you're asking me what I see in them. Bodies. Yeah, what that you're who they are who you are the Gen Zers and they're the kids you're teaching in your classes every day. Do, and they're right. the kids that rule the internet. What insight to anyone that's trying to make a video go viral? What insight do you have for them about these kids? What insight do I have for them about these kids? Well, since they're going to be the primary people who are going to see your stuff, uh, you got to kind of look at what they're doing these days. If you look at it, a lot of what they're doing right now is social activism, positive energy, they're being innovative, they're trying to, I guess, like, like you said in that post, trying to take the initiative uh, where they may not have gotten it from when they grew up or from their parents. So whatever you put up should be something somewhat of tutorial, it should be funny, it should be active, and it should not be uh, there to put other people down. You may get some views for being a dick, but you're not going to trend or go viral by being that, by being exactly that. Okay. These and uh, so don't want Gen, Gen Z is 1999 on that is now the official range. Got it. Well, 1999 on kids do not want you to be an asshole. I think they may be tired of the bullying. Hmm. And, and that's it. A big thing, um, a trend we're seeing is they don't want the bullying, they don't want the drama, they don't want the politically correctness, they don't want the lack of it, they just want everyone to shut up. I really like that generation. They're kind of the everybody just shut the hell up generation, but they were kind of born into turmoil. They were born into wars. They, I mean, if you were a Gen Zer, you actually have not existed in a time without war. So that's very interesting when you look at it. Um, I didn't know that, actually. Now, yeah. no, 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 it makes sense, even though we haven't really declared war since World War II. We, America has been involved in some sort of conflict since Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, uh, I totally knew that. I didn't just read it off the internet when I got the dates. I swear. I'm totally lying. Um, something, now, you've had things, you, you, now that you've had things go viral, uh, go trend, are you looking to create viral sensations? With your kiki and the face techniques. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm always looking to do better than previous, and uh, you know, if I can, if I can make that happen by my content, that's for sure a goal. Well, what benefit do you think having viral go- going viral has? What benefit? Well, in a uh, for, not, I don't want to say selfish, but as far as benefits to myself, it obviously opens the door for additional sponsorship. It opens the door for me to kind of get my message out there. I can teach a wider variety of people. Uh, I can promote myself. I think as a whole, what it does for the benefit of the people who watch it are obviously learning uh, martial arts, they're learning how to stay active, learning to be fit, and uh, in some cases, defending themselves. So I think it mutually benefits everybody in the situation where I'm getting to show more people what I do, and more people get to learn from me. Um, I have to ask this question. Jared, tell everyone where to find you on social media. We're getting to the end of the show. Then I am asking this question we got on uh, on Twitter because Jesus. Um, okay, <laughs> tell everyone where to find you. Paul, you've got to hear this. So you, you guys can find me on all social media. That is at 
Bear Fiorda, B-E-A-R-F-I-O-R-D-A, at Bear Fiorda. And that is all social media, that's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole night. Lex, please put up a link to his social media. This is the question. You've come on the show and talked about fighting. You've come on the show and talked yeah. about BDSM. How does BDSM yeah. work with teaching children? I, I had whoa, to ask. Whoa, whoa. I had to ask because this is the most insane question. I know, Jared. He's not teaching chips with, <laughs> you know, uh, chips, dips, chains, and whips to kids. What are you freaking idiots? You're not even actually punching the kids either. That's a whole other thing, right? And that was another question we asked, is how do you not knock out the kids? (laughs) Jared, how do you not knock out out children's part? I don't hit them as hard as I could. That's that's one step, you know. (laughs) Uh, don't Don't plow your hand into the children's face. That's a good step. Uh, as far as yeah. teaching children, like rule one, uh, I have never, nor do I ever intend to even attempt this concept. Uh, <laughs> I'm appalled that anyone even know thought of this to begin with. Who correlated this? this? Who's, there? Who's sitting in their mother's basement right now <laughs> thinking about how Jared Garfiora is teaching children to tie each other to bed? Oh, hang on, I gotta, say, I gotta say, I gotta say this. I'm gonna put money that it's a Gen Xer because we just got these stats today. <laughs> okay, well, that's all right, fine. That's my generation being a dipshit. All right, there you go. What's the ratio oh, of making, first making, in the those, world? Those kids are making money now, so there we go. Jared, we have about no, no, two no, minutes left. Is, there, like that. is hmm? there anything le- we have about two minutes left? Jared, is there anything you want to say to everyone? Do not teach children how to perform BDSM. <laughs> yeah, pretty Obviously. much. No, in, in all seriousness, is there anything you want to say to the audience? That was very serious. Uh, no, um, so, well, one thing, thank you for guys for having me, and I mean that to the audience, because if I was unpopular, they'd tell you, don't ever have me back on again. So thank you, audience, for enjoying what I say. There's always oh, one God. jackass. Yeah, just one jackass. That's <laughs> really the best no, no, there's, there's, there's always, the best way my grandma put it, there's always ruiners. There's always someone that has to spoil it. I think if that guy was being serious, he needs to do, go on some introspection and possibly call the police. Get help, I know. Yeah. That's the moment. Oh, I report those pages. So I'm like, I don't mess around. Him. I report the pages. Sterilize him. Sterilize <laughs> All right. Well, now That's that we a man are who will about- teach his own children how to do it. He needs to be stopped. Yeah, before we go on killing the neckbeards, let's move on. We are at the end of the show. I mean, Thank you should get hit with a paddle in my generation, but it, was, it wasn't kind of a, you know, didn't do it for fun most of the time. Well, I'm, that guy I'm sure there a little more than a paddling, Paul. Okay, yeah, things have absolutely deteriorated quickly. Yeah. I'm Helene. We are yeah, with bail, my co-host, bail. host of the Militant Moderate, <laughs> Paul Michael Bowling, and our very, very special guest, George, because I don't know, Jared Fiorda. Um, <laughs> I'm like a special guest, George. George. Yeah, I'm saying George so that no one equates right. this, this whole conversation. With kids? Oh, uh, God. Jared right. Fiona, hey. Paul Michael Bolin, I'm Summer Helene. We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.